Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. Thanks to Will Griffiths for that lively introduction, and to you, dear listeners, for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. Now, you don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because three of our favorite film critics are here to rant and rave about the Oscar nominations that were announced very early this morning, as well as to try to predict uh, winners in some key categories. All three critics share a deep interest in the Oscars each year, and they really know their movie stuff. That's why we're so glad that, that we could have all three of them with us today. Nell, the famous movie mom, writes film commentary for BelieveNet and is the author of several fascinating film-related books. Jeff has been a guest on a variety of Canadian and American radio and TV programs, such as Front Row Center, and Mac has written freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and served as a staff blogger for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. And all three of our guests are here and waiting in the green room, so I'd like to bring them on right now. And the first question that I'm going to ask each one of them has to do with what was their biggest surprise regarding the Oscar nominations. And, of course, we, as usual, it's ladies first. So, so hi, Nell. Can you uh, tell us what your biggest surprise was regarding the morning's uh, nominations? I think my biggest surprise was that Amy Adams, who has really been an Oscar favorite, did not get a nomination for Arrival. It was an extraordinary performance, as always we get from her, and so vital to the movie that I really expected to see her. I also expected and hoped to see Annette Bening, and so I was very sorry to see both of those ladies overlooked because I think that they were both better than several of the nominees who did make it. I understand and uh, share uh, share your uh, surprise uh, about those things. And Mac, how about you? What what was your biggest surprise about the morning's nominations? Well, yeah, Nell, she summed it up perfectly. I was uh, pretty shocked by both of those omissions as well. Um, particularly Annette Benning for the simple fact that uh, you know she's been nominated four times in the past. She has uh, consistently done brilliant work throughout the years. It seems like she's been in a very um, a rarefied air over the past uh, four or five years, where she's been doing some you know, career best work in 20th century women. Certainly, is a part of that uh, that company. So that 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 definitely came as a surprise. And another um, kind of surprising omission was uh, the lack of uh, support for Sully. You, they, there were signs that were kind of indicating that it wasn't going to, you know, quite go. Uh, the way of the film, but I, I thought for sure that um, Tom Hanks had a better than average shot, and he managed to uh, still be overlooked, and he's been overlooked quite a bit as of late, but I thought they would kind of, you know, remedy that uh, this year, since he was overlooked for last year for Bridge of Spies, for example, and a few years before that for Captain um, uh, Captain Phillips, and, he, and, and in both instances, um, supporting actors from those films, uh, Mark Rylance, who actually won last year for supporting actor, and a surprise upset over um, Sylvester Stallone, who was widely uh, tipped to take it for Creed, and a few years before that, uh, Bakhard Abdi was nominated for his uh, performance in uh, Captain Captain Phillips. So, yeah, uh, th- those those would be the, uh, the the snubs I was uh, pretty surprised by. Uh, those were the surprises, and and Jim, mm-hmm. what was your biggest surprise? Well, we were talking off air before the the show started that the biggest uh, surprise uh, was the fact that the actual nominations this morning, finding out who was nominated, wasn't exactly uh, easy for us because the um, major news networks, CNN and others, didn't pick up the 
the announcement uh, at the time it went off. They did it uh, afterwards, so you had to go online to a um, internet stream on the Oscars uh, website and uh, watch the uh, the uh, nominations read off uh, in real time. Oh so that gosh, surprised I'm me. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, Jeff, because that drove me crazy this morning. As far as but, the actual, but my my surprise, my biggest surprise was, and it was a great one. La La Land got 14 nominations, and so I was running around all, all morning just cheering, and and Larry was feeling about the, about the same way. So that uh, that was a very very pleasant surprise. I knew it would get uh, several, but I didn't know that it would get. 14 that ties with the nominations for Titanic and uh, All About Eve. And and we've already uh, talked a little bit about the biggest disappointment um, somewhat, but, uh, but, but Jeff, other than the fact that uh, the, the way the nominations were done this morning, what was your biggest disappointment with the Oscar nominations? Uh, I was hoping uh, Queen of Catwe would be uh, nominated for Best Picture, and I w- was really hoping uh, they would recognize the uh, the Jungle Book as well, because I thought that was uh, really incredible when I I saw it and and thought that it would possibly be a contender for Best Picture down the line. But uh, the fact that it uh, neither one got uh, any kind of uh, recognition here su- surprised me, because they're both uh, critically acclaimed uh, movies with uh, an extremely high rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yes, I I was uh, kind of disappointed with that too. Now, what was you've mentioned uh, disappointment? Um, some of the disappointments you had that were surprises. Was there anything else that you'd like to mention? I Not really. really because... I I really loved the music in Sing Street, and uh, this was a very strong year for songs. But there are a couple of songs there that I would happily abandon in favor of. Drive it like you st- you stole it, or the riddle of the model. And I was I was sorry to see that overlooked because I really love that film. I'm gonna have to catch that one. How how about you, Mac? What what was your uh, you've you've mentioned some disappointment, but anything else you'd like to mention? Um, in terms, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much uh, my uh, takeaway from it. But uh, uh, it's it was um yeah. Yeah, I pretty much said my piece on that one that I can think of right offhand. Anyway, yeah, no, but it, it, yeah, in I, you know, certainly to um, uh, kind of piggyback on what uh, Jeff was saying, yeah, the, the way the um, the presence, you know, the announcements were made, yeah, I, I, I much prefer the uh, uh, you know how they've done it traditionally up until this point, where the Academy, the current sitting Academy, would um, um, Academy president rather would come out on stage with uh, either a previous nominee from the year before or a previous winner from the year before and announced the nominations to a, you know, uh, a, a waiting press. And, uh, and it was live. And you didn't. And I heard that they had some technical difficulties. Uh, apparently the audio and the video of the live stream was kind of off for the most part this morning. So an interesting experiment didn't quite go over the way, uh, you know, they intended. So, I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, if it ain't big, if it isn't a broken, why fix it? That was that was my takeaway. Right. Uh, well said. Um, the understatement of the year. <laughs> I think <laughs> it was really, really, really bad. That that was terribly disappointing. Well, let's move on to the best picture nominees. I'm going to. There were na- nine nominated this year. I think there were eight last year, and the Academy could have uh, nominated ten. I don't know why they don't. If they say you can nominate ten, there were so many good movies. I don't know why they didn't, you know, just go ahead and nominate ten. But anyway, here are the nominees for Best Picture: Arrival, Fences, Hackshaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and uh, Moonlight. Now, Mac, what, which of the Best Picture nominees will win, and uh, why? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is a pretty interesting category. It's pretty, uh, pretty stacked, you know, among um, films in terms of critical acclaim. Some of them were um, box office hits. Uh, it, for me, you know, the, the overriding consensus seems to be behind La La Land. 
um, you know, for a variety of reasons. But just taking a look at all of these films, uh, like as you just uh, read off, if I had to go with my gut, I think Moonlight probably stands um, a, a better than average chance. That it, as well as uh, Manchester by the Sea, it tends to be a um, you know as as of late there's a, a trend toward the underdog, and both of those films you know f- uh, fall firmly into that uh, into that um, category in terms of you know they were made outside the studio system. They're both low budget. They're both passion projects of the filmmakers behind them. And um, of those two, you know, they, they both have resonated with people for, for a variety of different reasons. But uh, if I had to go with one, I would, I would go with Moonlight, just because it seems like it's uh, captured uh, the zeitgeist in a way that uh, it's, it's closest competitor, in my opinion. Manchester by the Sea hasn't. I think Manchester's going to do very well uh, when it comes to um, uh, Casey Affleck and possibly a screenplay. But I think the overriding, you know, wave of... Um, of uh, support is behind Moonlight. We'll see whether or not that peters out before Oscar night. But uh, I'd have to uh, put my if I if I was a betting man, I would I would put my uh, put my bet on that one. And it did win uh, Golden Globe for best. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's also drama. yeah an interesting thing. It won, so won Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. It helps with that. Jeff, which uh, one of the best picture nominees do you think will win and why? With record-breaking 14 Oscar nominations, I'm going with La La Land. You have to take into consider that the film was, uh, before the film was made, that the musical film genre as a whole was dead, as the Hollywood Reporter uh, bluntly mm-hmm. put it. Uh, studios didn't even want to put up the money for such a film because it was s- such high risk, and they assumed that the audiences weren't there. Actually, Damien Chazelle, who wrote the uh, screenplay as well as directed, uh, had wanted to get this film made since... Uh, 2010, but nobody wanted to touch it except for Focus Features, which uh, was going to give him a million dollars for the rights to the script, but uh, he wouldn't allow, allow that when he found out that they wanted to change virtually everything about the character's plot, ending, and the songs. So it wasn't until he made uh, Whiplash, and, which was critically acclaimed in 2014 and the Best Picture yeah. nominee, that he was able to return to uh, La La Land. So I find that... Uh, that it works because of um, the direction from Giselle, Linus uh, Sandgren's cinematography, which is often eye-popping, not to mention performances by Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and uh, the musical score by uh, Justin Hurwitz. It all really comes together, and it's uh, just a great uh, film as far as I'm concerned. And I think the Academy is really going to go for a crowd-pleaser above anything else. I, I hope you're. I hope you're right. I definitely. I feel the same way that you do about it. And uh, uh, Nell, I have to tell you uh, how. Uh, thank you for uh, putting on Facebook, giving me a message on Facebook when La La Land. You saw it way before I did, and uh, your Facebook message said you're gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I loved it. How about how about you, uh, Nell? What picture do you think will win and why well i do think it'll be la la land um you know I, I, the critics choice uh award went to la la land uh which is tended to be a better predictor of uh the oscars than the golden globes but you i think the main reason is that it is hollywood's favorite subject matter which is hollywood and they have you know it's interesting that it tied with only two other films in Oscar history for the most nominations. And of those, one was Titanic, uh, which, of course, got a lot of technical nominations, but one was All About Eve, which was also Mm -hmm. about show business. And, you know, we've had movies like The Artist and Birdman. Uh, Hollywood likes movies about Hollywood and about show business and and performing. Even Argo, even Argo. Even Argo, Argo. and so yeah, so so I think um, I think that that speaks very much in in favor of it, and I think that uh, you know it is such an enchanting story, and it is so smart. I've seen it three times, and every time I notice new thoughtful (laughs) details. Uh, So uh, you know, if it were, uh, is this a part of the of the podcast where we say what I would vote for for best picture? Yes, I was we just going to that? say then. Where then? Which would you prefer to win? We were going to, I, going to go. If it, with, if go it were there. me, uh, 
I would go with Fences. Uh, Fences blew me away. I thought it was a masterpiece. And I hope we get a chance to talk about that a little bit more later on. But I totally understand that given the makeup of the Oscar voting membership, um, it's kind of the safe choice. Yeah, I think that's, those are good good reasons. I wonder if any of you happened to see the Saturday Night Live skit about La La Land last Saturday. Oh, yes, Saturday. I saw that this weekend, yes. <laughs> that's the funniest skit. Yes, gift. I saw that. that. Since more cowbell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh. <laughs> dear, dear listeners, if you... If you haven't seen that, I, I'm sure you can catch it on YouTube. It would be, a, a, I think, a, called an interrogation scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. the good cop, and bad cop. It, it was very, very funny. It reminded me of these, the one they did with Andrew Garfield about the guy who didn't love everything Beyonce did. Oh, agency. yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty, yeah, it was inventive. Check it out, check it out, and then you'll definitely want to see, want to see La La Land after you see that. You're going, oh, I, and it, and it, they pulled in everything that uh, the critics have, you know, the people that don't just absolutely love La La Land like uh, like I do. <laughs> you know, I want to punch them in the nose if they don't love <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I mean, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. But anyway, well, well, while we're while we're there, uh, uh, Jeff, how, how about you? What would you, uh, which uh, best picture nominee would you prefer to win? Uh, if it's not La La Land, I really hope for Manchester by by the Sea because that uh, film uh, really uh, resonated uh, with me, despite the fact that it is uh, um, depressing subject matter. But uh, for me, I felt that it was also a film about uh, uh, redemption. So um, I enjoyed that. It's about uh, a man who um, who is going to be the well has been picked by his brother, who who died to be the guardian of his 16-year-old nephew. But he really doesn't want the job, and he's uh, brooding and uh, depressing. But you find out through the course of the film uh, the reasons why. And I, I felt that um, Lucas Hedges' uh, character of the uh, 16-year-old nephew and the uh, Casey Affleck's character uh, were written in such a way that they're intertwined, or they could even be the mirror image of, the, of each other as well, if you think about it. But uh, yeah, though that uh, uh, really resonated. But uh, my pick is definitely uh, La La Land for Best Picture. Good. I like the way you think, Jeff. Mac, if it wasn't uh, Moonlight, which mm-hmm. movie would you prefer to oh. win? Well, you know, in, well, this is a year where it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, there's so much good here that in any given year, most of these movies would be uh, a lock. You know, if it was a, a, a weaker year, I guess I can you, you can make a case for easily five of these films that you know, go all the way. But uh, if it wasn't if uh, Moonlight, I would yeah, if I was a member of the Academy, it, it would it would definitely come down between uh, Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea. But yeah, so and you know based on what I had said previously, I would uh, I would go with Moonlight just because I think that film took uh, a, a subject matter and and it took um, a very humanistic approach to telling a particular person's story that I just thought was um, it just resonated. It, it truly resonated with me, and it certainly has resonated with a lot of other people. But So that would be my own personal choice if I was a member of the Academy. But I think the one that will win, I think uh, Nell summed it up perfectly, La La Land, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. And, you know, there's been a um, a trend, obviously, throughout throughout the Academy's a history of awarding films based uh, in Hollywood or they're about Hollywood in some right. way or touch based on Hollywood in some, some respect. So... I think La La Land will win, but if I was a member of the Academy, I would, I would have to cast my uh, vote for Moonlight in a very close call between that and Manchester by the Sea. Well, they have a lot of fans. So I think the the two movies that you that you mentioned, and uh, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to tell. Did both um, All About Eve and Titanic win Best Picture when they had the fourteen? Yes. Nomination. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. 
Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the movies that tend to have the most nominations tend to go on to win Best Picture, more often than not. Oh, good. I feel better already. <laughs> and Lord of the Rings, the, the the Lord of the Rings movie also had a ton of nominations and, and won Best Picture, the third one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, fellowship, it, not a Fellowship of the Ring, uh, Return of the King. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not always uh, true that the most the movie that has the most nominations wins, but but in in uh, case of fourteen, maybe uh, that's what's making me feel better. Well, let's let's talk about the best uh, director, and this always I think you try to straighten me out on this, you guys, last year about how you can have uh, best picture and then not go ahead and have the uh, the director. Of, of all of these that, are, that were up for best best pictures, their directors should be nominated. But we only have the five for best best director: Damien Chazelle for Moonlight, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and Dennis Villanueva for Arrival. So, Nell, who would you pick there as? Uh, the one to bet on to win and why? Uh, I would go with uh, Damien Chazelle for La La Land. He just, as I said before, did a fabulous job of directing. Every That, that bravura opening scene is just mm. magnificent. And the oh, yeah. way that he integrated the musical numbers to express the emotions of the characters and that last also you know throughout the whole movie I was going well this is really nice I'm really enjoying it it's great and then all of a sudden that last scene just kicks it up to a whole other notch and uh, so I think I think uh, he will get best director and would that be who you would prefer to win these are all good choices Uh, uh, I might you know and and I might have considered Denzel Washington for Fences or uh, Hell or High Water, which didn't get the Best Director nomination um, or Hidden Figures, but I would be perfectly happy if Damon Chazelle got the got the award. Oh, great! I'm I'm with you on that. How about you, Mac? What which uh, Best Director nominee do you think will win, and which one would you prefer? Uh, well, I think uh, Damien Chazelle has it in the bag for La La Land just because uh, uh, from a technical standpoint, it's just a, a monumental achievement. You know, it, he was juggling a lot of hats. I mean, they all were, but he most especially uh, with the film. You, you have to, you know, he was in charge of the performances. And then there's, you know, capturing all of the um, the, the sequences, the, the dancing, the singing, you know, it was just kind of like a, uh, you know, putting on a musical is, is, uh, is you know, one of the, a Herculean task, to say the very least, whether you're doing it on film or on stage. So, you know, there's a lot of moving uh, uh, elements and a lot of components that go into it, a lot a lot more than a traditional, you know, straight play or, or straight um, on film, you know, where, where that wouldn't be the case. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, just from a technical standpoint alone, yeah, he, he definitely is more than likely got, got it uh, in the bag. I, I would pretty much bet on that. Um, in terms of who I would personally vote for, for me, again, it would come down mm-hmm. between um, – to the, uh, the the two people who I feel did the most with uh, their material, and ironically enough, they both wrote uh, the material that they were directing, and that would be uh, Barry Jenkins in Moonlight and uh, Damien Chazelle with La La Land. Who, you know, they both wrote and directed both of those films. Um, Jenkins, obviously, uh, um, based his uh, script on um, um, you know previously uh, published material since he was up for adapted screenplay. Uh, I yeah, you know, I just think Moonlight was. Just resonated with me in a way that uh, the other movies just didn't. You know, I'm not saying that they aren't good in their own right. This one just really mm-hmm. resonated with me. So I would, I would, I would cast my vote personally with for Barry Jenkins. But I, again, if Jamie and Chazelle wins, you know, well deserved in, in both instances. I would be happy if either one of them won. Really, there's no but. There are no duds in this category. I'd be happy for any of them to win. But my two personal favorites would be uh, uh, Barry and uh, and Damien. So and I, and I would cast my vote for uh, Barry and and um you know certainly be thrilled if, if Damien pulled it off which I fully suspect he will. Well, Mac, you you have to be very careful uh, what you say about La La Land or the uh, movie police will interrogate you. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. Yes. You'll get pulled in. <laughs> Jeff, which uh, best director?
director nominee will win, and which would you prefer to uh, one? Would you prefer to win? Um, without a solitary doubt in my mind, uh, Damien Chazelle for La La Land uh, should win for uh, best director. Now, the thing about Chazelle to me is that he uh, managed to get uh, Summit Entertainment to take a giant leap of faith off of an enormous cliff here mm-hmm. and uh, believe in what he was uh, was doing and let him go go about it. Uh, he takes a dead musical genre and uh, completely flips it on its head, and it really pays off because he gives his uh, characters uh, modern-day problems and modern-day times. Uh, a large part of uh, what makes his direction work is uh, his uh, choice of cinematographer in Linus Sandgren, who's uh, rich, mm. often eye-popping vid- visuals, and uh, Justin Hurwitz's uh, memorable score uh, really stick with you long after the film concludes. And also, uh, he gets uh, incredible performances out of uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. So when it all blends together, um, I believe he's got it in the bag for director as well as the uh, best picture category. Oh, I'd I'd love to hear that over again, Jeff. <laughs> that that sounds great. I will. I'll I'll listen to the archive segment and feel really really good about it. And now, um, uh, what about you? Well, I on directors. Yes. Well, I already said what I thought about directors. It's- Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm yeah. just I'm just floating around here with La La yeah. Land, and I'm losing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was the other question I think we about did. directors. I think we all. Yeah. I think we all talked about uh, the best director because you know right. that I would be going for uh, Damien Chazelle for sure. If okay, he doesn't win, I'd be happy with Kenneth uh, Lonergan for uh, Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all yes. great. You, oh, yeah. you you couldn't argue yeah. with any of those choices. That's true. Ex- that's except true. yeah, except maybe Mel Gibson. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yes, I think I, you're I, right. I, I, well, I don't I don't understand what he's doing in that list. <laughs> what about best best actresses? Let's uh, let's take a look here. I might not be pronouncing um, this na- last name right. Uh, the French actress Isabelle uh, Huppert. Huppert. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Ruth Nega, well, Elizabeth Huppert for Elle, Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Now, on that one, um, Jeff, why don't you tell us uh, who you think will win and who you would prefer to win? Actress, uh, I believe Emma Stone's going to win this because she has an incredibly innate ability to portray characters that appear to be tough on the surface and seem to have everyone else figured out except for themselves, and that's true of her character here. Um, Her character is an actress who works in a coffee shop on a studio backlot and unable to score a part at any uh, audition because uh, casting directors keep cutting her off. She seems to have the number of the um, character Sebastian, portrayed by Ryan Gosling, who's a a brooding jazz musician with a dream that he wants to turn into reality, but was initially cheated uh, by an investor. So, um, yeah, I think she's going to win here because she took the Golden Globe in the uh, Best Comedy or Musical category, and she's uh, instantly relatable and uh, just appears poised to uh, pull it off here despite uh, challenges from Natalie Portman and Isabel Huppert for Elle. Huppert surprised in the Best Actress uh, Drama category at the Golden Globes last month, but I'm not sure if she's got the ability to to win here. And I say that not having uh, seen Elle because it hadn't come out in Toronto uh, at this time. Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting thought about uh, Isabel, and uh, she really is quite well known and famous in in France. And I haven't seen Elle. That's one of the few films um that uh, appear on the nominations list that I haven't that I haven't seen so I really can't uh, add anything to that uh Nell, uh what's your opinion about the uh, best actress category and who will win and who would you prefer to win well as i said this is my most uh disappointed category um i i think there were several performances that were better than all of these uh, starting with 
mm-hmm. my very favorite actress, Viola Davis, who should have been in the Best Actress category, not Best Supporting, but I gather she chose mm-hmm. strategically to go with Best Supporting. Uh, so I would love to to see her get that uh, Oscar. I would love to see Annette Benning, who has just given us one absolutely magnificent performance after another over the years and rocked it in uh, 20th Century Women. Such a brave, wonderful performance. I would love to see her get it. Um, who I think will get it, it could very well go to Emma Stone. Everybody loves her. Why wouldn't they? She's a wonderful person, and she's gorgeous and talented and fabulous, and she sang and danced, and all of those are good things. Everybody knows how hard she worked with in this. Um, I hope it does not go to Natalie Portman, um, because I thought that that performance in Jackie was a thoughtful, diligent performance, but really sort of she did her homework rather than, than really transcending the, the caricature. I'm so glad that you said that. I I feel guilty thinking thinking the same thing because everybody is raving so much about uh, Well, Betty Jo, I am one of the few people that you will talk to about her performance who actually met Jackie Kennedy. So oh. I have that to compare it to. <laughs> well, well, yes, and, and um, I, I just spent so much time, you know, admiring Jack and Kennedy and watching her every time I could on television and I um I I, I thought that this was uh, she looked like her and she tried to sound like her but it was kind of uh, such a, a mannered performance. It was, you know, technically technically she was uh doing the best that she could but the but you're you're right with what you said it it wasn't it wasn't uh, that believable to me, but um, I do uh, enjoy Natalie Portman in in most of her movies. So I always feel guilty when I'm when I'm not uh, that mu- you know that moved. Well, Mac, how about you on the best actress uh, category? Who do you now think this, will win, and, and who did you this, prefer? This is a very interesting category. Probably the most interesting of uh, the major categories, um, including best picture, for the simple fact that. It really could go any any way in this category. I could, could you could make an argument pretty much for everybody in this category, including Portman, who's a previous winner, Meryl Streep, who's obviously a previous winner with three three wins, and she just got her 20th nomination today. Uh, Emma Stone's a previous nominee, uh, having been nominated a few years ago for uh, Birdman in the supporting category. But I I'm gonna go out on a limb. Um, who, who I would personally vote for, just based on. Uh, I just thought that she really took the material and uh, and and did wonders with it. Um, that you know, I I would definitely have to go with um, I would have to go with Emma Stone for La La Land because again, you know, she, it, it, of 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 all these uh, uh, ladies who are nominated, it seems like she had the the hardest and and highest mountain to climb in order to achieve what she achieved. And I know some people were like, well, she isn't much of a singer. And some people were like, she isn't much of a dancer. You can say the same thing about uh, Ryan Gosling. But she caught the essence of this uh, of this uh, character that she was playing in the film, this uh, struggling actress who was, you know, so wanting for somebody to finally see her. And, you know, and when somebody did see her, it, 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 was, it, was, it was revelatory. It was revelatory, and this is coming from an actress who's done revelatory work in the past, you know, and who has uh, been consistently good. And, but in this, she kind of went to the next level. So I would personally cast my vote for uh, Emma Stone just because I thought she, um, you know, the film really is really about her. I know Ryan Gosling has, you know, his fan base, and rightfully so, but ultimately when it, it all comes down to it, it really is her movie. Um, but I do think that they might throw uh, us a curveball in this category because Isabel Huppert, Who's I'm up for her um, performance, brave, daring performance in L. Um, she is, you know, a legend, you know, certainly in France, uh, you know, and certainly over here in the United States, but particularly back home in France, she, she's got her admirers here, but she's, you know, kind of like, um, you know, just uh, it over there, her and Catherine Deneuve, among uh, a couple others. And I think they might, I think, I think the tide might change, and I think, I think they might. Uh, end up going with her because it was, it's her first nomination after an, an illustrious career, which is crazy when you think about it. She should have been nominated long before now. Uh, she took a very uh, um, controversial uh, character and controversial film and put her stamp on it, as as well as the director Paul Verhoeven, who has built a career on uh, you know uh, walking that fine line 
uh, between, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, just complete and total shock and awe in his, uh, you know, certainly uh, had his, um, um, his, 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 he's had a whole resume filled with uh, projects like that. But um, I think I think we might see a, a upsurge for Isabel. I really do. The fact that she got the nomination, some people might say that's enough. But I think they might uh, they might tip it to her. And uh, also, just based on uh, recent events, I wouldn't be the bit surprised if Meryl Streep ends up getting it for fourth Boxer Jenkins just for the acceptance speech alone, because everybody was like, "What could she <laughs> possibly say to top what she did at the Golden Globes when they gave her the C- Cecil B. DeMille Award?" You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could seriously see it going to either one of them. But if I had, if I if I was voting, I would I would have to cast my um my uh, ballot for Emma. But I would not be surprised if either Meryl or Isabel take it. I, I truly wouldn't. I was so uh, so surprised to see um, Meryl Streep nominated, but I don't know why I should be. I mean, she gets nominated for practically everything. I didn't think it was her best best uh, performance, but uh, who knows? I mean, you, yeah. you just might be right on that, uh, Mac. Um, okay, let's go to the Best Actor list, and here are the nominees for Best Actor. Casey Affleck for... Um, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Viggo Mortensen for uh, Captain Fantastic, Denzel Washington for Fences. So, um, Mac, why don't you start us on that uh, category? Which uh, Best Actor nominee do you think will win and why? Okay, I know the uh, momentum <clears throat> is squarely behind Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, and in many ways, rightfully so, because he truly is magnificent in that film. And it's it's kind of easy, oh, actually not easy, it's rather interesting when you contrast his very sort of contained um, uh, performance with Denzel Washington's bombastic turn in Fences, two totally different styles, two totally different characters, two totally different set of circumstances, yet in both instances, these men are dealing with regret. They're dealing with loss. They're dealing with missed opportunities. They're dealing with, you know, the what ifs. And so it, it's, 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 it's interesting to kind of compare and contrast them in that regard. But uh, just out of, you know, sheer, um, how can I put this, just out of, uh, you know, just, just for the sheer shock factor of it, it would be interesting if uh, another actor in this category who is also dealing with all of those issues that those two characters are dealing with were to uh, kind of come out on top. And that character, then that actor rather, would be Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, a great film that came out earlier, a little earlier in the year, um, that managed to kind of slip in there and get some attention kind of late in the uh, running in terms of an award season. And I just think it's really among some of his very best work. So if I myself was casting a ballot, it would, it, it would definitely, for me, it would come down between uh, Denzel uh, in Fences and Vigo in, um, in Captain Fantastic, it, I think would ultimately result in me having t- kind of a you know, flip a coin and see, you know, who came up, you know, who who got heads or tails, because I just think yeah. they're equally brilliant, you know, in 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 in, in you know different ways, but uh, equally effective. And and in both instances, these men that they play in these films, these full-bodied, three-dimensional men who've got all this baggage and who, you know, literally and figuratively. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they feel lived in. They feel like real, complex people, as opposed mm-hmm. to you know something that's just in a film. And uh, you know, and and I just thought that they both did phenomenal work. So for me, you know, if I could give a tie in this category, it would be with them. But if I had to choose one, which would be you know, kind of like you know, ex- excruciating in, in in a certain way. I, I, as much as I, you know, I would, I would have to go with Vigo. I had to go with Vigo. I think. I think uh, that's, that's, that's the performance I would uh, go with. And in terms of who I think is going to win, oh, it's it's without question, uh, Casey. Casey, I think he has it in the bag. Okay. The momentum's behind him, you know, and uh, and and it's and it's a deserving performance. Uh, uh, most of the, actually, pretty much everything, you know, they're all they're all deserving in their own way. But that th- that would be my uh, my pick. I would I would vote for Vigo. That's who I would love to see win. And then um, I just fully expect uh, Casey to win, and rightfully so. You really, like I said, in this, in this case, you can make an argument for any of them. Yeah. He is the uh, the lead candidate, I think. And uh, Jeff, uh, do you agree with Mac, or do you have another uh, best uh, actor nominee mm-hmm. that you think will win? Yes, I do agree. I think Casey Affleck is a 
lock in the category. He's absolutely brilliant. His Lee Chandler, who's a broken individual, uh, seemingly without a single redeeming quality. He is, uh, Affleck is wonderful at showing the uh, character's soul and his quest, whether the character acknowledges this or not, to uh, become whole again. Um, what really makes this performance work is that Affleck has tremendous chemistry with uh, Lucas Hedges, plays his uh, 16-year-old nephew, of which he's supposed to become the guardian of. And it, as I said earlier, it appears as though it, the uh, characters were, were written um, uh, to be intertwined or be as one, like a, a mirror image reflecting upon each other. Also, um, Affleck has already won the Golden Globe for Dramatic Actor, has a BAFTA nomination, uh, several Critics Circle nominations, and a Screen Actors Guild uh, pending for the role. So I really think he's on the um, momentum for this and an absolute lock in the, the category and will uh, take it home on Oscar night. I, I think you might be right on that. How about you, Nell, with the with the Best Actor category? I would give it to Denzel Washington. If you want to read the funniest piece that I have read in a long, long time on any movie-related topic, Pajiba did a essay on Denzel Washington and Viola Davis and Fences that is absolutely hilarious and 100% accurate about why Denzel is the best actor in the world today, uh, which is my opinion also. And I thought he was just magnificent. He 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 was uh, just a force of nature uh, and uh, a really fearless performance. Um, Casey Affleck was terrific. I endorse everything my colleagues here have said, and I want to point out one other thing about his performance, which is that we see some flashbacks, and we see how different he was before the terrible tragedy that bifurcated his life, and that takes a lot of understanding uh, to keep that character consistent, to keep him the same person, but to show how he was affected. The scene where he is interrogated in the police station is one of the best uh, moments that was on screen at all this year, as is the one where he and his ex-wife have a conversation. So really wonderful performance. I I wonder whether some bad publicity about him and his uh, abusive treatment of women is going to interfere with uh, the momentum. Uh, uh, Hollywood is very insidery, and I'm sure there are people uh, among the voters who know some of these women that that uh, have accused him. So it's a little bit hard to predict, but I think he's still the front runner. Well, you'll be uh, interested uh, uh, in the supporting actress list because I, I believe one of your uh, favorite actress, if not your very favorite actress, is one of the nominees. So uh, so uh, listen carefully now to the nominees for Best Supporting Actress. Viola Davis in Fences, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Nicole Kidman in Lion, Octavia Spencer in um, Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. So now... Who do you think will win <laughs> that category, and why? And uh, who do you want to win in that category? As so often happens, I'm much, much more vitally concerned with the supporting actor and actress nominations than the actor and actress. Uh, these, uh, boy, I, I want Viola Davis so much to win. She is the finest actor, actress in America today, and the performance that she gave was mind-blowing. Uh, in fences. Mm -hmm. uh, Michelle Williams, of course, was also absolutely wonderful. I'm not sure what Nicole Kidman is doing in this. Um, I didn't think the movie was that good, and I didn't think she was all that good. Uh, and in my opinion, um, I would have loved to have seen Janelle Monet in this category uh, for either Hidden Figures or Moonlight or both. She was incredible in both of those movies. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, but but yeah, I I, I think it's going to go to Viola, and uh, that will be my happiest moment on Oscar night is when she wins. I'm going to send her good vibes, extra special good vibes in that category. <laughs> How about you, Mac, on the supporting actress uh, category? Yeah, I can I completely um, <clears throat> concur with Nell. Yeah, if Viola Davis wins, well, but, yeah, I'll put it to you like this. I'll say what uh, Tim Robbins said. The year Susan Sarandon finally won Best Actress back in 95, uh, actually, well, 96, for uh, Dead Man Walking. He said if she doesn't win, Hollywood burns. 
<laughs> I, I fully expect that to be the case with Viola Davis. If she does not win this Oscar, Hollywood burns, basically. You know, I, what what could you possibly say about that performance that hasn't already been so eloquently said by Nell? It was, you know, it was it was it was jaw dropping in its its power. You know, and it's hard, very hard, to uh, walk away with a film that Denzel Washington is, you know, the lead actor in, and she matched him note for note. And she was just, she was brilliant. You couldn't take your eyes off of her. And that, and then when she uh, d- does the monologue after she finds out some devastating news uh, concerning her husband, uh, you know, you, it was, it was, uh, you, your mouth was on the floor. You were just like, you just saw brilliance on screen. There's no other way to put it. Absolute brilliance. So you know, she, she's got it. This is one of the, the few uh, uh, times I think you have a true lock. But um, in mm-hmm. the, in the event that things, you know, do not pan out like that. I do believe that um, uh, Michelle Williams stands a uh, very good chance of being, um, you know, being uh, possibly getting it as as well for her her uh, equally amazing uh, work in um, Manchester by the Sea. But in terms of um, screen time, obviously Davis does have more time in the film than Williams, but I think they both, in their own way, equally uh, bring uh, quite a bit to uh, both of those characters and both of those films. So, my vote—I would definitely cast my vote for a Viola. But uh, you know, I, I certainly—I fully expect her to win, and I want her to win. But I would, certainly would not be surprised if uh, Michelle Williams, who has done consistently great work for quite a while now, and this is her fourth nomination, might—you um, uh, might, know—very well end up um, getting it instead. But I, I do believe that uh, this is Viola's to uh, win, without question. Well, two votes for Viola. And I'll add mine, so that's three. How about you, Jeff? Are, are you going to vote for Viola Davis in this category? Yes, most definitely. Um, the role fits her like a glove. Um, your audience sh- should know that uh, she won a uh, Best Actress Tony Award for the same uh, yeah. award in the uh, Broadway play by uh, August uh, Wilson, on which uh, the, the film is based. And um, she also starred in that uh, production with uh, Denzel uh, Washington. Um, I really uh, enjoyed it because she plays someone who has suffered through uh, 18 years worth of marriage uh, uh, to a guy named Troy, portrayed by Denzel Washington, that uh, actually was in prison for uh, for 15 years. Of course, he believes he could have been a contender in baseball's uh, major leagues if it were not for the stint in prison and the fact that African Americans weren't allowed to play at that time. Um, I, I really in, enjoyed it, and I felt that she was uh, definitely um, uh, strong in, in the role. And the uh, momentum uh, seems to be uh, behind her. Uh, it seems to be the, the only actress that they're, they're really talking about as, uh, as a front runner. So I'm giving it to uh, Viola for uh, fence, Fences. Oh, and I, I just right. want to point one thing out about the category. Uh, this is the first time in Oscar history that there have been three um, um, uh, African, well, three uh, uh, black actresses. Because one, because uh, Naomi Harris, to be fair, is uh, of British descent. She's a uh, you know Afro-Brit. Uh, that's the first time that three um, black women have been nominated in this category, or um, and actually in any any uh, category at the at the acting category, whether it be supporting or lead. So that I think that deserves to be pointed out as well. Indeed. Great performances uh, by everyone, I think, in this category, although I did ha- wonder a little bit about Nicole uh, Kidman there. But, um, but it looks like we're, we're in uh, agreement about uh, Viola Davis. Well, now mm-hmm. our last uh, ca- category that we were thinking about covering today, if uh, time permits, is the Best Supporting Actor category. And in that uh, category, uh, here are the nominees. Um, Maharshala Ali for uh, Moonlight, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for uh, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel for Lion, and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. Now, Jeff, what um, what do you think in that category? Who are you uh, predicting to win, and who would you want to win in that category? The uh, supporting actor category, I'm hoping and am picking uh, Lucas Hedges from uh, Manchester by the Sea because it was one of the uh, performances that impressed me and stuck with me uh, um, ever since uh, the movie came out uh, last year. And he more than holds his own with uh, veteran Casey Affleck, and that's a good thing because, as I mentioned earlier, the characters are intertwined when you think about it. 
in such a way that they are the reflection of each other. Uh, I felt for Lucas's um, sullen character and was sucked into the story about an adolescent boy whose father died and made his brother portrayed by Affleck, his guardian, without uh, his knowledge. And as we've mentioned earlier, that um, Affleck uh, really doesn't seem to want anything to do with this or uh, the uh, town which he must come back to to, uh, to address this issue. So you're and I, I like the fact that I also like that uh, that Hallie was able to um, to play well off of uh, the brooding character that uh, Affleck plays, but he's also extremely brooding himself. So yeah, it really connected yes. with me. They did. Uh, they did pull, definitely pull that off. And Nell, in this category, who are you uh, predicting to win, and who would you like to win? This is another one I feel very passionately about. I really, really want Mahershala Ali to win. He was tremendous in two performances this year. He's amazing in Moonlight, the one for which he's nominated. He's also absolutely superb in a very different role in uh, Hidden Figures. And uh, I, yes. um, I, I would have nominated the entire cast of Moonlight, basically, if I could have. Uh, they were all incredible. Um, but I, I'm betting all of my Moonlight acting love on him because uh, that's what we got to work with. And I, um, uh, and Noam Harris, of course. And I really, really want him to win because he gave a character that we all come to with a lot of expectations and stereotypes so much complexity, so much depth, so much humanity, so much heart. I really, and and when he is no longer in the movie, you feel that loss so painfully, which is yeah. crucial to the film. So I really think he will win, really want him to win. I think that he has de- definitely has a good, good chance. Don't you, Mac, uh, or do you have, or do you disagree with Nell on this last category? Uh, me personally, I believe that this is going to be um, Herschel Ali's year because he has done so much transcendent work just you know over the past year alone. You know, and uh, Mel touched on uh, Hidden Figures as well as what he's nominated for here uh, in the supporting category was for Moonlight, but he also did uh, work that people are still buzzing about in uh, the Netflix series Luke Cage, where he played a kind of where he played a criminal, but it, he brought so much more to it than uh, you know that that rather simplistic. Um, uh, label would uh, indicate, and 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 just like in um, Moonlight, when his presence is no longer uh, in the show, you feel it because it reverberates, you know, for the remainder of uh, the episodes, just like it reverberates for the remainder of uh, Moonlight. So I would I would definitely uh, cast my vote for him, and I think, you know, if if these three radically different performances in these three radically different films, and well, two films and a, a Netflix uh, series or any indication of, um, you know, what we can come to expect. You know, the sky's the limit with, uh, with uh, Mahershala, so okay. I, I would definitely cast my vote for him. And right. I uh, also concur with Jeff. I think Lucas Hedges is, um, you know, on, on the cusp of, uh, you know, big things. And I, again, would not be at all surprised if the Academy kind of anoints him very much like they did Timothy uh, Hutton, 30, 36 years ago when he was nominated and won for Ordinary People was very much in kind of that vein, you know, so it's a possibility, but I do believe the momentum is behind Mahershala uh, Ali to go all the way and take home um, I think Oscar gold. I, I think that's that's going to happen, and the time has gone by so fast, and we we can't cover all the all the categories, but uh, real uh, very very quickly because we are running out of time. If you if there's another category that you'd like to make a prediction on. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, we'll give you a chance to do that. Nell, is there another category that you'd like to uh, call attention to and predict? I always am uh, very uh, intrigued by the uh, animated category, and uh, if it were up to me, I would go with Kubo and the Two Strings, which I thought was a masterpiece, um, and I was happy to see that it got a technical nomination as well. Uh, I think the award will go to Zootopia, which is also a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful film, and I'm happy, especially because it came out just about a year ago, and normally uh, the, the the memory of the Academy is not that long, uh, but it just shows you what a great film it is. So my, my personal choice would be Kubo, but I won't be too sad if, if Zootopia gets it. 
I I like the way the way you think on that one too, uh, Nell. And uh, how about you, uh, Mac? Quickly, another category, one prediction. Uh, yeah, I hope that um, Moonlight takes adaptive screenplay. That's uh, that's and that's my hope. I hope that, uh, that it for, takes, yes, a uh, best adaptive screenplay for, for Moonlight. Moonlight. Uh, that would be uh, Barry Jenkins and Terrell uh, Alvin McCraney. I hope they I hope they take adaptive oh, screenplay. Oh yes, I really yeah, agree that with that. Good. That would be good. And Jeff, another cat, one category and a prediction. An animated Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, like Nell was saying, it's uh, stunning and was an incredibly difficult uh, thing to do to blend uh, 3D, CGI, and the stop motion techniques that they, they use to create the atmosphere and environment uh, Kubo is in. Um, I loved how the uh, origami figures he makes uh, come to life mm-hmm. when he's uh, telling stories. That was something I had never really seen in in an animated picture. So I think that will win animated, I hope. But uh, there does seem to be a momentum behind Zootopia because it won the Golden Globe. Yes, I love I love that. I I really love. I was just amazed with the with the animation. And my category would be foreign language film. I just was uh, mesmerized by the salesman. So I I'm making a predict prediction and uh, you know sending uh, extra special good vibes for that to win the the best picture in the foreign language category. Well, sorry to say our time is almost up, and I want to give a big shout out to Nell and Mac and Jeff for being such terrific guests again today, and to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, as well as to our listeners. Special thanks to Nikki Starr, our producer, for all her help, and to Nancy Lombardo, George Bettinger, Angela Drake Perry, and the Wackle Network, because the hosts over there at Wackle Network, they are so enthusiastically supportive of our show. Uh, they mention us and help us uh, get the word out uh, on their wonderful shows. Nancy can be heard here on Blog Talk Radio in her Comedy Concepts show every Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. And George hosts the very entertaining Mom and Pop Shop show on TuneIn Radio from Miramar, Florida, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. The Wackle Network offers something for everyone in the diverse programs on Mixler, that's M-I-X-L-R, and Angela is a popular new host at Fallen Angel Productions. Well, please come back next time, folks, for another spirited discussion about movies. Our guests will be Nancy Lombardo and George Bettinger, who have agreed to share their experience as actors in the upcoming film Us, which is based on It Had to Be Us, the romantic memoir my husband and I wrote under the pen names of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. I hear they kept everyone on the set in stitches, so this should be a fun show, definitely one not to be missed. Well, that's all for now, folks. Let's go out with my favorite rendition of, you guessed it, Hooray for Hollywood!
Temple, New England, 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 Tem